Hi, everybody. It's me again. It's been an unusual week for news. Hey there. I'm just going to invite some people. So, this is an unofficial show, but I figured I'd just do one to keep up with the turbulence of our times. So I just wanted to give you a few heads up about what's not being said, even in so press said favorable news on conservative outlets. Um, I haven't heard yet uh, that the Miami venue where Trump is being indicted either has been or is being indicted um, the Miami venue, we need to talk about that. The Miami venue is is favorable to the U.S. president, the former U.S. president, Donald Trump. The reason why is because had it been the Espionage Act enforcement status bringing, bringing the United States indictment from that community, then that might be some you know, some large federal building somewhere in Langley, Virginia, where, a, you know, a, a public protest would not be allowed within a thousand feet. Uh, there would be no reporters in the kangaroo court dressing room uh, where your ruling would be handed down from the Kafka aliens on high. I'm, I'm being especially cruel when I say that, um, but that's what I'm talking about. Uh, had this been a normal espionage case, then, then this would be a non-public hearing. There would be no news vans, no Trump supporters with American flags or uh, contrapositive people with the, you know, the umbrellas from maybe Antifa or whoever. You know, just just laying around the Miami courthouse in the hot, hot heat. Uh, you couldn't fly a paper airplane ah, over the airspace without permission from the FAA um, to do that type of hearing. So it's not like Bilderberg or something like that. The indictment of this former U.S. president is, is actually a way to get him press at this point, I think. He's being cast as, dun-dun-dun, the dissident. He's being cast as the dissident. Um, mm, mm -mm. And it's not a role I think most people would really want to um, embrace for this president because he's a billionaireess or not he's he's not a billionaireess he's a billionaire and you know ultra powerful first you know his first government job ever was president of the United States and that beat out everybody who who made a job of you know climbing climbing the greasy pole to get up there um you know through being a representative, then a senator, then a governor, then a, you know, you're supposed to do that, you know, maybe do four years of service in the, in the military, you know, that that's a very traditional path 
to being qualified as uh, a U.S. president, very much like Ron DeSantis, political career guy, and you know who wants to be a public service for the American people. You know, but unfortunately, that path has really informed his experience uh, with the war machinery, and he's deferential to it. Um, and it's not bringing us any closer to kind of national interests or re-embracing our national interests, unfortunately. Um, but I digress. Tr- Donald Trump is the dissident. So Donald Trump is being postured as this guy who is in conflict with the espionage state. And the state's case is, again, weak. It's not, not the toughest case in the world and uh, I did complain that these are rules for state employees, the state's employees uh, as was carefully explained um, on one of the news networks this is not um, this is not a charge to a publican or a plebeian like you or me you know it's 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 for somebody who worked with the national security state and and not caring enough about the security of their documents, not being a proper librarian. Let me take Lance. Go ahead, Lance. Hey, Sheila. How you doing? Hey. I, I just don't think Trump is, is really grimy enough. Wait a minute. What happened to you? Come on. Um, I don't think oh. Trump is grimy enough for a typical like hacker indictment where he leaked... Um, clandestine documents, you know, in the middle of the night in a drop box to, you know, a group of equally grimy, disgusting, and loser-ish um, journalists who, who, who may or may not know what they're dealing with. <laughs> but, um, but when they're, when they're not losers, and, and it is credible, and it's, and it's not a grimy, you know, no nothing hacker, no whatever then you know you've got this polished you know post presidential man billionaire married to a supermodel from the 90s and he's campaigning again and it just appears really it, it has the appearance that they're just trying to indict him to keep him from running in the race which is pathetic it's like do you have nothing else to go for plus our the current sitting president is essentially guilty of the same conceptual nonsense. So it's like Biden is trying to, you know, blame his... Let's just say these these were a pair of kids, and they were brothers, and Biden did exactly what Donald Trump had done, and he told the people who were punishing that he did it and that's all he had to do and then so he's not really saying anything much about his own role of you know mishandling documents which there were many mishandling he had and it was proven that he did it while he was senator and he did it while he was vice president and none of those things were okay so I, I, I just it's, it, the, it's not favorable either way and it just really highlights that the FBI has really become this this bad shit politicized agency. Lance. I kind of always were, but you know what it reminds me of? Are you there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? 
Yes, yes, now I can hear you. Go ahead. Do you watch Seinfeld? You ever watch? You've watched Seinfeld a lot, Mark. Oh yeah, I, I watch Seinfeld. Well, to me, this is what's kind of funny about why they're so worried about the guy, and I can see why he is outside the establishment Trump. But uh, it, but Trump himself, when he's playing these games with the classified documents or with foreign policy in general, he takes it with the same seriousness. It's like. Kramer and Newman playing Risk. That's all it is to Trump. It's just a game. Literally, it's just a game to him. And if the game works where he wins, it doesn't matter whether there's a war in, in, in you know, three quarters of the world or not. He never got us into any wars. So he's not strategic. Oh, that's he's right. Trying to he's a man of commerce. He's yeah. a man of commerce. So, you know, he would never want a hot war because you can't no, do business he, in a hot war. Yeah, but he's not... He, well, yeah, but the thing is, is that he's not even a man of commerce. He is to business what Elon Musk is to engineering. It's complete facade. It's a complete fake. It's completely fake. I, I don't know Too if fast. I can totally agree with that. Donald Trump uh, because, for 10 years. Because based Musk on what knows how to code. Um, what do you call it? So does uh, Bill Gates. He was one of the first to learn how to do it. He 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 was he's the first to admit. You know what? A lot of people that were as I was ahead of the curve because my school district had this stuff early, and he admits part of that as far as the, the technical aspect. But it's about the ruthlessness of wanting to crush everyone, no matter who their well, family. You know, he's not even uh, the, the uh, world's to get there. most. That's what Musk and, uh, and Gates and all these people have in common. And no matter what right, your original. Right. Hello? Yeah, and at some point, when, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, um, I just yeah. wanted to poke these, in there and say people. that, you know, Elon Musk, you know, whatever you think of him, he, he's made a lot of money, and, you know, he's earned his, his uh, he's, he's earned his stature in the world, so it, whether or not he's, he's a, he's a practical engineer at this point, oh, yeah. I, it doesn't, it doesn't really make any difference to me. No. No, no. And also, whether it's Musk or whether it's Gates or whether it's Zuckerberg when he was having beers trying to put out a, a just a fun thing to see which which girl's hotter than the other. I think he saw what it could become kind of sort of ish fairly early on. But at some point, so he wasn't thinking about the military industrial. But all these guys, when you get from that first idea, that first hurdle and you go to Silicon Valley, now you really got and he held up was going to go monetize and everything. You got to sell out. You basically have to say, okay, look, you're going to give all the information to the FBI. CIA. I mean, you talk like you've been there and you know what happens, but I don't think that's I true. Only... Oh, well, this is what journalists say about all these people. No, they all say that. They all say that. They well, all. Who, who's say. the journalist? Another... Name one. Well, name okay. one it, in particular. Okay, I'll name one guy who wrote a book recently that ties all this stuff in together. Whitney Webb is another person. If you don't know who she is, boy, I'm sure you probably do. She's wonderful. But this guy wrote a book called. I think he called it um, Palo Alto. I think he called it. Oh, uh, um, um, and he talks about how Leland Stanford, which is funnily enough, right? Stanford University. They were, if you know anything about, now this is going to, I'll tie this together quick, Sheila. You know, it's your show and you don't want to maybe go off and do it, but listen. San Francisco, if you know anything about the geography, it's on a peninsula. There's no way to expand it. I mean, you can't sprawl it like LA or even like New York with Long Island or you just can't geographically so 
even back then it was getting crowded. So Leland Stanford lived in the fancy schmancy part of Coit Towers on, uh, uh, what do they call it, uh, Telegraph Hill. They were literally surrounding his house with pitchforks. Right. And what he said was, screw this. And it was a very big uprising. And in 1870, he started at Stanford so he could get the smartest people that he could get from around the country and around the world as best he could to how to circumvent and to fight against workers. So, okay, so just like the Industrial Revolution originally, and people will tell you this about tech ever since. Okay, it's not just me talking. It's a lot of work out there about this stuff that the steam engine, it wasn't to say, let's make workers lives easier. It's like, how can we turn them into Robotron. You know, uh, now you're losing me. No, Lance, no, no. This is, this is far a piece well, away from from. Well, can Trump I tie it dissident. in? Can I tie it in quick? I'll tie it you, in quick. You need to do it quickly, though. Okay. So that's why I said you don't want too many tangents. Your show, you got stuff to cover. Okay. So going back to the steam engine, it was to squeeze more work and have people at that machine cranking out ten or twenty times the productive labor, but still getting you know very very slave wages. Also, so Leland Stanford started Stanford to do that. So the technology we get from steam engines is great for everyday people, of course, in, in a lot of cases, just like tech is. But the original purpose of all these companies was to control us. That's they still are so all these people good ideas gates musk uh, now, i don't believe that lance i don't believe that because people well, just need is- to work to eat money for for things that they need okay that's no, that's what no. work has always been to me it's never been I'm- through this leftist filter where you know it, it's the business leader or that guy who owns a trucking service and you're trying to control me no, like no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, I, 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 I think I, it's I'm, implied. No, I have a very strong work ethic, and I, I'm like, here's here's somebody, right, speaking of leftists, you know who agrees with me on, I don't want universal basic income, I don't like free money to people just because they're poor, where it's permanent. Oh, I'm absolutely against that, I don't want universal basic income, I want people to have to work, and but I don't know, you know, so uh, uh, in a way. Now, I'm like Richard, uh, Richard Wolf, who says, no, I don't want people to just be given free money just because it's easy to say there's actually that's money. Capitalists agree we're going to give free money to people to pay their rent and, and utilities for free. Absolutely not. He sees people you know, want to feel like... You sound like a lot of ad hoc Democrats that, that I've talked to no, over the years. You know, that's why kind of developing hard. policy as they go. No, I think the leftists in California are the are this is California got ruined because of progressive policies, not because they got went astray, not because the liberals lost their way. Can we or just got call corrupt. it communism? Because that's what it's become. Well, can no, we, we it's it not communism? communism. It's something. Okay, how it's is not it communism? From communism? It well, it, what it is, it's Super neoliberalism, close, and that's man. what you get. Well, no, 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 neoliberalism. No, because... All right. Well, no, but they what I'm saying. They made a hard merge with neoliberalism. That's what no, it is. No, wait, 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 Sheila, Sheila, Sheila. Neoliberalism is what you get as the end result of what people really have are well-meaning tendencies that went to California as quote unquote liberal lefties. Okay, like the '60s liberal type. That was phony and it was fake. And or the very leftist policies about the phony meritocracy that the people in the sciences should rule over the people that only have a high school education is pish posh. I am not a lefty. I have a heterodox, circumspect view, and I piss off conservatives and liberals equally. Trust me. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably so, no, because you talk fast and you talk too much 
Well, I have a lot of things to say, and I was trying to cover a lot of ground in a short period of time, and I know you're really smart and can absorb it. But to say that, you know, well, he sounds like a lefty, no, I'm most certainly not. But the it's, point it's though, not it, a write-off. It's not a write-off, no, no. Lance. It's but, just but, that there's a lot of, that, you have to understand that there's a lot of people who ad hoc their politics, and they think that they, they are actual policy designers, and the people who are, who are kind of, you know, making the policies and kind of merging – the spreadsheets over between Silicon Valley and Washington, D.C.'s, you know, investigator class, those right, people, right. They, they, never, they never check in, and they, they're so mad that you don't want to take their bossing, you know? Oh, it's yeah, so weird to me. Like, why do they have such a hard opinion about whether or not I, I want to be watched by the, the imperial yes. state? Let me you say know? something that is so non-lefty, Sheila. Let me so agree with you. Yes, like here's the thing, right? The the authoritarian kind of bossiness on the left is so much worse than on the right, and the racism in terms of the sheer volume. Oh, yeah, of crap, it's covert. Yeah, in terms of the sheer in the in, sheer, in terms of the sheer volume of crap that black people every day, all you know, black black people, the middle class or below, had to endure. There's a huge amount of that on that from the left, the way they treated them, than from the right. So I mean, on racism, and well, I, when I get that, I. I it's definitely worse on the left, and Listen, I'll tell you why. I, I had some firsthand experience here, Lance. You know, I thought and presumed that that California hippies were going to be cool with everybody. That's what I thought. When I got over there, oh I realized that no, 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 no. Let me get it out. I, I realized that they looked at me as somebody. They they evaluated me based on race, which had never happened before. Actually, I thought it was, but it was kind of like this juvenile like. Uh, you're different, and I thought that that's what racism was. No, what they were doing was actual racism, and that's evaluating a person, regardless of their qualifications, based on race. And they said, oh, Hispanic, mostly Hispanic, I think you should be doing my dishes and mowing my lawn and cleaning my house. It doesn't matter if you have a BA. Yes. So it's just like they suck. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm basically a deadhead. I mean, I don't never, I, when I went on, I didn't go on tour, but I was out west, out of that, doing my on-the-road experience. Let me tell you something, not just sexism, misogyny. The misogyny and racism. You mean where they hate women? Oh, oh, I have a story. You want to hear it? Uh, uh, of, the, of the deadhead. I, I, just type. briefly, I, I will tell you a story. Um, there was a guy, Peter, hmm, can't remember. He was a, he was this kind of like New York Jewish kid, and, you know, he was a darling of this progressive left and you know he went on and on and on about women's rights but had zero women up come up to the mic and talk about it period like he didn't have any women on his show wouldn't allow them to talk that's how weird it was go ahead lance that's what it was like yeah 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 oh my god i'm telling you i have been up close and personal in the East Coast, in my town, in New York City, and uh, on to, you know, and in California, mm -hmm. the real McCoys, the sexism, the misogyny, and the the actual kind of what I call a friendly fascism, uh, intolerance of others and people outside their cult is worse than any right wing zealot. You, you call it a cult. Look at you, Lance. You're advanced. No, it's true. And I can tell you, oh, my God, the most hilarious story that I won't go into now, but within a 12-hour span, hitchhiking up the West Coast. Literally, if I was going to pick based on 
profile, I would have picked to be the best place to hitchhike. It would be people around my age that were affluent-ish, you know, but that were very, very lefty. In other words, they could afford to be driving around in decent cars. They could have the room yeah, to pick trust me up. brats. You know, right? they're like, oh, like, why isn't everybody like us? Damn you. So yeah, crazy. let's take your stuff and give it to the government. Whee! Yeah, you'll love it. Well, yeah. But these guys, <laughs> you could tell they weren't like all like Mercedes and BMWs. It was like Volvo, Zola, and, you know, and pickup truck. But you could tell. I know it was a very affluent area, very extreme North California. So confusing. So, it really so was, man, because they, they overbuild themselves as super but, liberal, super but, tolerant, but, you know. But wait, but wait to hear this. The punchline is so hilarious. So I couldn't get a ride for half a day, six, eight hours. Finally get a ride. And I'm like, dude, did they have like, and I was saying to the guy, I said, they let you drive because they have extra wide shoulders and really good security for you could hit a button and cross. So it's not limited access, but the big wide fast highway, Route 5. So you could, they had like, so they had shops along the road and it was like health food shops and, you know, uh, books about all liberal stuff. I mean, every place with a juice bar. Okay. So it was obviously very liberal. I said, how come I couldn't yeah. get it right in eight hours? He said, because everybody grows pot, even if they don't smoke it, because it's a 12 month season. They make 10 grand a year from three plants and no one will ever find out. And it's a cat and mouse <laughs> game. They about he said, so, and listen, he said, people, I was 20, listen, he said, I'm 25, I was 25 years old. He said, it's people that look just like you that are in their mid-20s who look hip and they get involved and they buy pot so no one will give you a ride. Oh, well, thanks for the ride. Listen to this. Within 12 hours after I had some juvenile delinquents wanted me to hawk stuff because they were too young, which I would have done, but they left me because I, I crashed too long. I was up too many days. The next ride, I'll finish the story. You will, you will love this. The next story was in Oregon. It is a rainforest. It was so drenching downpour that I had to go eventually go out into it because I was protected in the rest area. You know, can't, you know, they little building but i had to go out and get a ride i was hungry i wasn't starving to death but i hadn't eaten really in a couple of days i had to get going here you know and so i went out and got drenched like a rat within two seconds rain like i never saw i mean i was a drenched rat i couldn't imagine anybody wanted to pick me up it was one car every 30 minutes 30 foot okay winnebago 30 foot winnebago i'm a drowned rat literally i step up two steps into the thing the first thing i see is two feet tall, 24 inches or more, maybe 30 inch tall, Jesus statue in the big windshield of his 30 foot Winnebago. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I am not lying when so I tell you he had an ambulance. That's, that's like a big, big Jesus. It's a big Jesus. Even for, a, with the, I'm telling you, it went from the dashboard Velcroed strong to the, like a quarter inch below or half a quarter below the top of the windshield. All right. I mean, it was huge. Like I'm a moving not, chapel. Right, so he's got an Amway tape. I didn't notice it until I sat down and they addressed me. You know what Amway is? Those people yeah. are it's like right-wing zealot. That's Amway. That's DeVos. That's Eric Prince. That's Blackwater. I mean, talk about far-right people. Okay. Oh, oh I had no idea. It. Hello, how you doing? I thought they just and sold stuff. Check it out. The lady first asked me if I wanted sandwiches. I said, yeah. yeah I was starving. She gave me like two chicken salad sandwiches and a banana and chips and soda and milk and cookies. Right? Listen to this. Then, long story short, a little while later, they said, hey, look, you look drenched. Now, of course, when you're hitchhiking, you, I, I didn't expect that much rain, but you always have something tied up in a plastic bag. What does this have to do with the dissident? But Lance. oh my God! But you, you just listen. So just okay. Let me tell you the punchline. These evangelical Christians, they said we're stopping at our friend's house, and these were obviously affluent people, retirees. We're going to our friend's house. We're going inside for an hour. Go ahead and use the shower. Make yourself at home. Do what you got to do to get yourself, you know, b back in shape here, and we'll be back into the car, into the van. 
This is how much they trusted me with their stuff. I'm just saying, as far as left wing, right wing, I got treated by the most liberal people in the country. And literally, you couldn't get more far right than these senior citizen evangelical Christian Amway people. And they treated me like gold. And that was just amazing, right? But that's the problem with the lefties and the righties in California. They can't make that distinction that they're good people and bad people. And it don't freaking matter how many pronouns you allow to be spoken at your freaking kid's school or something, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, they don't really recognize friend from enemy. It's just compliant and non-compliant right now. And that's real dangerous. That's super duper dangerous. Um, I want to post some links up here. Um, Lance, do you you have anything else to to share? Yeah, one last exclamation point on that about the authoritarianism on the left and the right. A right-wing boss, and I've had lots of them, they're going to say, you know why? you got to do what I tell you because I'm the boss and you're the worker. I don't have to explain it. It doesn't have to make sense. You're going to do it because I'm the one who controls shit and you're the one who's in control. So there you go. The guy on the left will say, oh, no, it's about the it's about the family aspect of spirituality is how the work has to be done because of some holistic whole. No, you're just a fucking boss and you're telling me what to do because you want to boss me. Don't tell me that you're doing it because you're because your way is more philosophically correct. You're doing it because you're in control and you're making me do it because you can. And this is what I hate about the left. That's why they're called friendly fascists, because they think they're doing it because they're just so right, but you're just being self-righteous. They ain't no smarter or better than anyone in any other thing, but they don't do it, say it that way. They do it because mm-hmm. some some panel and some group of people that are in their echo chamber said, oh, no, this is just the way that, that it's just supposed to be. Uh, no. It's just the way it is. We decided. Sorry you weren't here. You're not really a stakeholder. Yeah, at least the right-wingers are more honest. <laughs> we're imposing our will because we can. The other ones say we're imposing our will because it's supposed to be in some equilibrial balance for the universe. No, screw Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. And, and it's important. What Your voice is really important right now because – as long as there are people who are, who are going to pipe up and say, you know what, I don't believe that. You're not my bo- boss, and you don't pay the bills around here. You don't. So I was in California for longer than I really wanted to be, uh, to be honest. And um, when I was there, there were a lot of p- bossy people who didn't want to pay. And that's when I learned about the dark side of progressive slash you know, socialistic, predator type, you know, Hollywood's full of it, full, chock full. They want free labor, free catering, free everything, free shit on your back, okay? You know, and it's not that they don't want to work for it. They just don't want to pay for it, okay? And they want, they, they abuse intern labor. They abuse uh, low-level labor. They're the, they're the quickest to import people from, from third-world countries, for shit wages, they don't want to pay them, they don't want to pay health insurance, you know, and so all the, you know, they're screaming high bloody murder, you know, get get the turnover for the health care, get the turnover for the health care, but they are the first people to violate human rights and yell for, like, the espionage state to come down bully on people like Assange, Okay, you know, and these people at Stanford University who could absolutely hold their own without the government, they could do it. But because they provide them with free shit, they're in love. It's love. Yeah. And I have figured out, I have figured out the problem with California. California (laughs) entitlement status are, they can't get off of free shit. 
where the government pays for it and they get rich. They just can't. They're addicted to it. And they it's it's not like they're in power. They just get free stuff for no reason. And so they start getting conditioned to this idea that they're they're some kind of special people. You know? It's 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 kind of like this this bullshit narcissism like 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 a mushroom. It just kind of grows out of bullshit. And um and and then they end up d- doing what they do. You know, they they ignore their own racism. They ignore their own classism. They ignore their own uh, lack of, of patriotism and, and sacrifice to to the to the government that they are forcing like hard nosing people into. Because if they can get the government to make you do it, then they get it for free. Don't you see? You know, if they can make the government sponsor your labor for free, well, then, God, that just works out for them. <laughs> they suck. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> if I could go again about like what you're hitting on is this thing about the racism, which I was going to say could be so much worse on the left. Not well, I, I mean, it's not the only issue. The, I mean, it's not, not like my top not, issue. It's not no, my top no. issue. My top issue is that no, they, no. they want to leverage exactly. identity to control people. And they want to hand the ball of my yeah. government to say, like, China. Yeah, but it, it, that, that's exactly... That, that's right, my Right, right, that's but, my, uh, again, that's though, my you about Again, yeah, like, like, yeah, but like you were saying about so-called lefties and stuff, and, you know, these hippie types, and they saw you as Hispanic woman, and they're like, oh, you, you know, implying, basically, and I know exactly what you mean, that shouldn't you be, like, you know, cleaning my, you know, changing my sheets and cleaning my room and that kind of thing and be my mate. Here's the thing. And this is what I mean about this kind of day-to-day racism that could be so much worse on the left than the right. If you're on the right, and a lot of those guys, let's say you're not in a cubicle, and maybe you're a construction guy. I saw this happen in a restaurant where the entire Hispanic crew left because the lead guy got bit at the boss. We had to come from the other the store, the other the brother across town in Phoenix. This was, and we had to go three of us because he, he had to do his own store. One, for, and we were there for weeks. He had to hire a whole new staff because the entire staff was Hispanic. They all quit at once. Okay, so and they were right wingers. They were conservative type, Cal Arizona. The point is, if you're a construction guy, okay, and you all you care about is, and you know you're dealing with workers because you're in that blue collar world as a con- as a con- contractor in other words where a lot of these 10 percent rich guys maybe they inherited wealth from their family and all but if you're going to start a business you have to deal with working class people and they might be they're going to the hardest workers yeah even if you take advantage of them you know or whatever unless you're a blade racist so you have to deal with people of though that but if you're a cubicle person on the coasts you don't even have to engage on a day-to-day basis you know, how the merit of their work on any level, except the people in your cubicle that might have an ethnic identity. Okay. So the only people, right, Sheila, that these people engage in their whole life, because that's why they have the attitude to you, that are middle class or, or working class, let alone Hispanic and people of color, are the people that are their servants, the people that nanny their kids, the ones that take to clean the offices when they're there. So they're not dealing with working yeah, class. They're not dealing with it's, working it's class bubble. people of color on the left. And the people on the right, though, a lot of people on the right have to at least Lance, Lance, people you're getting so robotic. I'm so sorry. Slow, slow your roll a little bit. A lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll promote the one that makes hey, them the Lance, most money. Can you hear me? That, you're, you're really robotic. Well, yeah. 
Well, I'm just saying. Just slow down. Just slow down, and, and, and I think we'll be able to get your words. Yeah, I was pretty much done. The racism on the left, it's almost from a point of not even understanding their own working class people of color because they don't have to really engage them in any way that affects them as opposed to, let's say, a lot of times in smaller towns, not a lot of cubicle jobs. They should be dealing with other people in the college arenas, people that aren't from, say, like Asia. They should be. They, you know, and it's not, it's not that, that Hispanic people aren't smart and don't get into college. They do. But unfortunately, they don't want to recognize a lot of these, you know, they want to push them into conservative areas like finance and, you know, hide them in banks. And, you know, they, they don't they don't let them kind of be adjacent to to what's going on. I don't really know where they're coming from. I'm not saying that they're 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 a hard block of total racist. They're not. Um, but the ones, the ones that I kind of bumped around into in Hollywood, they really believe that they, they kind of, you know, and then, and then there are people in their world who are, who are the maids and, and the, you know, weird, you know, servant hierarchy there. They get weird. Um, I'll tell you a really weird story. I was working for a publicist in Beverly Hills and, um, when I was working there, I put on an event where, you know, they featured a, a, a person who was putting out a book, and uh, I was there to help with the book. And, um, you know, I, I'm I'm from, you know, kind of a, a a good people class, I guess. Where like after the event, you know, it's like a party. You don't just leave the place trashy. It was somebody's house. You know, it was somebody's nice big house in Beverly Hills. Um, some you know director who kind of made his money in the '80s, but. Uh, but, you know, I didn't want to leave his house like a tramp, you know, like cattle rough. And so I, I started getting a garbage bag and putting away, like, the, the cups and, you know, all the trash and everything that was kind of around. I didn't want to leave the place junky. You know, I was there to help my publicist boss and, you know, do the event. So I felt more responsible. And so I, I collected it as much as I could. You know, I brought it to the kitchen, and it was getting every everything was getting ready to wrap up. And here comes this maid from out of the clear, clear sky blue, and she demanded that I clean the entire house. And I'm like, I don't know you. We didn't talk about this. No one is paying me to do this um, because I I collected a few articles. After the party where I was working, she presumed that I am supposed to just clean this entire horse stall of a house. And I I don't think that that's really what I was there to do. But nobody kind of acknowledged that. I felt like I was in a really weird, psychotic, someone's going to capture me, and then they're going to put me in a box, and then they're going to try to make me work for slave wages while no one hears me scream. So, <laughs> and I had to get out of there. Um, but there were there were a couple of really, really, like, I don't know. I can't tell you how white they were. They had a lot of white guilt. Um, they looked like they had been tipped over and dipped in bleach. I mean, they were toe-headed, 
almost albino. I mean, it was a man and his son. And uh, he was feeling pretty bad about what happened. And he says, I'll stay and help. I'll stay, I'll stay and clean the entire house. And that was weird, too. That was really weird for me. I'm like, okay, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Bye! This is so psychotic. I can't be here anymore. <laughs> really, man. Crazy. I can't be here anymore. <laughs> it was so weird. Lance, I can't tell you. Okay. So, I mean, are you still with me? Or yeah, no. Got Vlad? I, I oh, Vlad, he's with us. It's all the same because it's like these people, this is what I was alluding to too, is that these people are just, they're really ignorant of the fact of even how to be empathetic because they don't even deal with these kinds of situations. So they're just, they don't even get it. They don't even, in other words, they can't even look in the mirror and say, wow, I was being a real asshole. Because to them, that's just being normal. They're not even trying to be assholes. It's just, it's just oh, they don't get challenged anymore, unfortunately, nah. because everything is wrong. There's only compliant and non-compliant. There's only red light, green light. That's it. That's all they can deal with. That's you know, it's a it's a very binary card up, card down kind of world for them, which is kind of I don't know how long they're going to last in the wild. <laughs> with that level of flexibility. I'd say less than 10 minutes. So, Lance, thank you for joining us and, and sharing your, your piece. Do you have any final thoughts before I, I uh, get back to my my scaredy cat? No, I'll probably get back here. to my chores here and get some accomplished for the fun goes <laughs> down. So, uh, good talking to you. You know, I, I appreciate your speech. You know, you know when you slow down and, and, and the, the robot can catch up with you, um, you know, it's it's actually kind of some good conversation. So thank you for stopping in. Well, thank you. Talk to you later. Take it easy. Take care. Okay, so um, I just wanted to bring up a couple of news items before it gets too late. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm going to pull up Reclaim the Nut. <laughs> They're, they're like my favorite new news partner. I I put a couple of links down in the um. One is uh, Stanford, the Stanford uh, government. Oh, we whined about Stanford. Let's let's talk about Stanford again. Okay, so Stanford University has become a hub of government-funded censorship projects. That's true. It's been true for a really long time. And um, why is this so? Uh, because they get NGO and public money and they get university grant money. But I would say if the lion's share is sitting in Palo Alto, um, that makes sense. And those people want to control um, all of the bids for, for surf type money. Okay. And so the, the internet is a serfdom. They want you to sit around and work for, for nothing, again, this is the this is the California mentality. Try to get highly qualified, you know, good people with with skills to work for zero money. That's their because we're entitled. We're entitled to it. It belongs to us for free. Nobody will call it slavery. No, no, it's not slavery. It's not human rights abuse. It's it, I deserve it. It's free. That's what they think. So when the 